Meeting Keaton, back again. Back, episode seven. Episode seven. Lucky number seven. I think we're hitting our stride. <laughs> Absolutely. I say that every episode, I think, but <laughs> I really mean it this time. But in the world of Michael Keaton, it's a pretty... Happening time. Pretty special time, special day. It's crazy that we were, like, we nailed this <laughs> cultural trend, this phenomenon, uh, yeah. months ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were definitely here the pulse. before the train left the station. Yeah, sorry, bandwagon jumpers. <laughs> no room on this Michael, bandwagon. Michael Keaton won a Golden Globe last night for a movie yeah. we're not going to talk about today. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll talk about that another time. Some other time. Uh, but Birdman. <laughs> Birdman. Yeah, he won the best actor, Golden Globe last night. Uh, so our good friend Michael Keaton, congratulations. Yeah. Also delivered, uh, his speech was, uh, kind of moving, I thought. People yeah. were talking about that today his on son, the internet. His son, big time music. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> Songwriter. I guess if we'd bothered to read that section of his Wikipedia <laughs> bio, we would have known that, but it was particularly fa- motivated last night. Father in real life as well is yeah, what we're finding as out. as often in film. Which is making sense, which makes sense now. But his kid is, uh... He's like a songwriter producer for who was it? It was like uh well j- his big hits were with Jason Derulo. Wiggle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh he just won a like new a bunch of new Madonna stuff. Yeah. So he's out there. Talent runs in the family. <laughs> I guess so. Good genes. Yeah. But then Keaton had a whole thing about his hard scrabble youth growing up, one of seven kids in mm-hmm. a farmhouse in Forest Grove, Pennsylvania. <laughs> he made it. He made it. He got out of that. <laughs> he did. He's just a regular guy. <laughs> It. Was it just me, or did he have a weird uh, lisp or something last night? Did you notice that? Mm. Did you watch the speech? Not while it was happening. I didn't make it that far into the broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> Golden Clubs. I went, like, later today. Made me wonder if you, I don't know, wasn't, like, well, that's the, you can, hooked up. Well, I mean, that's the thing that I was talking about, the or Golden Clubs. Right? You can drink. Yeah. yeah so people yeah, yeah. are... In the, I guess the air conditioning wasn't on there last night. And that's why oh, everyone that was true? looking all sweaty and stuff. Oh, really? So you're getting some cocktails in you and there's no AC. You're in your It's like a party, party in your apartment. <laughs> all those C-list actors that are there who had to rent their tux. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> sweating through. That's funny because I also noticed that a lot of people looked really sweaty. Yeah, it's like the AC was busted or something. And I just <laughs> assumed it was, I don't know, like bad lighting or the makeup people did a bad job but I guess it was these actors were uh nervous to be on live tv really nervous <laughs> normally they get their lines fed to them uh, which the movie we're going to talk about a lot of times they weren't getting their lines fed to them in this one sweet segue <laughs> yes but, this was not an improvised film there's well no that's what i'm saying there was a lot of improv in jackie brown wait was there yes and that's what we're talking about jackie brown uh, yeah a sort of a, a curveball for Meet and Keaton, mm-hmm. because this is the first Keaton film we've discussed in which Keaton is basically a bit player. He's, he has a couple scenes. He's, yeah, he's billed down there, but it's pretty important film in the Michael Keaton uh, in the Michael Keaton mythos, <laughs> yeah. the corpus. Yeah, he's uh, he's fifth build fifth in this build. movie. Um, Stars, of course, are uh, so. Just so, in case you're uh, not a cinephile. <laughs> Jackie Brown is 1997. Quentin Tarantino's follow-up to his third film, follow-up to Pulp Fiction. Mm -hmm. He was riding high. Very high. uh, Sort of, I guess, at the peak of his coolness. Toast of the town. Yeah, and not the only toast. He was, (laughs) I don't know, I tried to make a weed joke there, but you you get what I'm saying. I think QT likes... (laughs) QT likes substances. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so, but then, you know, of course, Pulp Fiction famously resurrecting John Travolta. Mm-hmm. So this time, uh, your leads, uh, he brings Robert back Forster. Robert Forster and Pam Greer is Jackie Brown. Yeah. Do you have any movie. idea who Robert Forster was before this movie? I mean, no way. Like, he was not even familiar to me. No. I know I'm not a big uh, cinema scholar, but <laughs> yeah. what the hell, who the hell is Robert Forster? I think he, I mean, it, I've just, he's just a character actor uh, in a lot of like what could be <laughs> just like schlock stuff that yeah. Tarantino loves. Yeah. And so I think him just bringing, loved Forster and brought him back along with Pam Greer, yeah. who hadn't acted or been, had like a big role in. Oh, a dog's like age. 20. <laughs> yeah. Since the black exploitation era. Mm-hmm. And the best thing about Robert Forster's character in this movie is how he listens to, he has like a Delphonics tape that yeah. he always listens to. <laughs> I mean, who am I to judge? But not what, not what I expected from a guy who looks like Robert Forster. But what you would expect from a Tarantino. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in this film, uh, it's very loose. The plot is kind of convoluted. Almost like they always are in Quentin Tarantino movies, but Pam Greer plays a flight attendant who sort of gets roped into smuggling. Uh, mm. we- is it weapons and diamonds? She's just doing money. Uh, money for, for things, yeah Samuel L. Jackson, who is an arms dealer. Yeah, who has amazing hair. <laughs> yes. In this movie. Some of the best hair in film history, I'd say. It's got a long, like string must string beard. Yeah. So like a little fly swatter of a beard (laughs) and then got long head hair too it's kind of an unusual look he pulls it off frankly yeah he's he's got his kangle on looking good (laughs) yeah he's actually pretty good in this it's like oh yeah he's great it's almost uh this is definitely one of my favorite tarantino movies way up there more than death proof (laughs) death proof's fun is it really yeah kurt russell yeah yeah, he's good. You can't, yeah. can't. <laughs> I'm sure somebody else. You shouldn't have mentioned Kurt Russell, Luke, because <laughs> somebody else is going to get the idea. Listen to the Meet and Keaton podcast. We're going to have, you know, uh, in a yurt with Kurt or whatever, do their own Kurt Russell podcast. That just sounds painful. I don't think I'd listen to that. In a yurt with Kurt, yeah. but a yurt is just a large tent that's open on one side. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, every day. But. This uh, I do really, really like Jackie Brown. Uh, it's an adaptation of an Elmore Leonard novel. Yeah. Called, uh, I think called Rum, Rum Punch. Punch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and Tarantino took, so, like, he changed the uh, the lead to being a black woman mm-hmm. and uh, took some liberties. But I haven't, I've never, have you ever read that? I've never no. read Rum Punch. No, I haven't. Um, but I guess it's pretty close to the actual yeah. story. But sort of a convoluted plot. Yeah. Or so basically to get back, so uh, <laughs> Pam Greer gets caught up in this uh, sort of smuggling scheme with Ordell Robbie, and then she, Ordell Robbie is uh, the Samuel Jackson yeah. character. And uh, bringing and, money from Mexico to, she's like cleaning money for him is what right. I assumed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know a ton about the money laundering yeah. <laughs> game, but... Uh, get, so that, get at me off the podcast if you want to talk money laundering. <laughs> it's true. We don't want to incriminate ourselves. Yeah, we, uh, come on. It's like, uh, you know, they they are now busting rappers for, like, if they'll rap about having guns or something. In your then, lyrics, yeah. Then they'll, we don't want the same thing happening no, no, no. to us. No. We've got plenty of skeletons in these closets. Now that the cops are. I don't want to get caught. <laughs> right? Like Pam Greer gets caught. Right. Smuggling her money. Yeah. Well, she gets caught by the DEA. 
who are played by, there's two of them, Michael Keaton plays mm-hmm. the main DEA agent who Buster, Ray Nicolette. Good, that's such a good name. Yeah. Uh, and then the fascinating thing about the Ray Nicolette character who appears in the Elmore Leonard book is that he comes back the next year in Out of Sight, the Clooney Lopez Soderbergh, Soderbergh. flick. Uh, Great movie. We'll talk I think about that also soon. adapted from an Elmore Leonard mm-hmm. novel. Yeah. Um, I can't even think of another actor doing that. Like, yeah. he's not the same director, he's not the same producer, yeah. different studios. Right. Keaton shows up, same, well, in the span of a year, as the same character in both films. Which is, and it's, I don't think... People, Obviously the only time Keaton's done that. Yeah. People weren't clamoring for more, like, Ray Nicolette. Nicolette. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's almost like they should have done a, you know, a cop show just called Nicolette. Oh, yeah. You Give me your that. badge, Nicolette. <laughs> No, he play, plays by his own rules. <laughs> Get in my office now, Nicolette. Uh, but I actually, so Nicolette's role, or his uh, is character. He's ATF or whatever, one like, of those, yeah. Yeah, some law enforcement agency. Mm-hmm. It's a, a small role, but a pivotal one, because he sort of is the one who gets the plot into motion. Because then he says, like, he they want uh, Jackie Brown, his Pam Greer's character, to... Uh, help them catch Ordell Ravi. Right. Um, and she, she like, kind of goes back and forth about whether or not she's going to do it, and the plot swings into gear. Uh, Robert Forster is a bail bondsman who sort of, uh, you know, gets a crush on Jackie Brown mm-hmm. and helps her uh, navigate this hairy situation. But So even though Keaton's in this movie briefly, he's got, got to like, say, like three scenes maybe or three something scenes, yeah. but... One of his best on-screen performances. So good. He's <laughs> he just really, so good. It really nails it. So much. It's just like a ball of energy, which I feel like we've probably said about him before in this too. Yeah. But not like, he's not going crazy. Yeah. But it is almost, uh, in some ways, his most like physically impressive performance. Yeah. Because even though he was in stuff like Batman or was beating people up, mm-hmm. it's just like the way he, the uh, physicality of Ray Nicolette tells you about the character like when he there's one scene where they're interrogating uh jackie brown yeah and he there's he's standing and then he goes to sit in a chair and he like swings his leg <laughs> over the chair and then kind of like hops on top of it it's a very like uh masculine and aggressive way yeah. of sitting down no that i did know exactly what you're saying because i feel like he take either like he takes his shirt off and he's just ends up in just like a white really tight like white t-shirt yeah. as he's talking to her yeah and just like he's an intent like this is this is his job. He's doing this, you know. <laughs> yeah, taking this serious. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's he's in- interrogating her after she. I think she has like 50, it's like fifty thousand dollars or something. Yeah, like that, that they catch on her. Um, and yeah, they then you know we're getting into they want her to you know do a little sting thing with to take down Samuel Jackson's character. Then she but. Is she going to like do her own takedown with Forster? Yeah. Uh, I really like, I mean, to get away from Keaton for a second, the Forster like crush on her. Yeah. It's so like simple and like it's not sexual at all. Yeah. It's just very interesting. To, yeah. To see like in touching a movie. Touching and wistful. <laughs> wistful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but to get back to Keaton, yes. The other thing is, I was thinking about when watching him. Also, just a, a couple things, but the little details of his character's uh, 
wardrobe mm-hmm. are amazing. Like he wears these sunglasses yes, on a like a rubber that's band called the crokies. Or what those are called. Like you see like college football coaches are Love crokies. Wear. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got that. And they're just like swinging yeah. as he's talking. Yeah. You can't be worried about those sunglasses just flying off his head in the middle of a sting. <laughs> that's just smart. It's yeah. like uh Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's goggles or whatever, yeah, you know? Yeah, they don't teach that at the academy. No. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, you learn that on the street, <laughs> on, on duty. Uh, and then also he's got a, I can't, I can't remember if it's a pager or a cell phone. It, it might, he might have both. <laughs> but both in holsters <laughs> on his belt. It is a kind of a very normcore outfit. Yeah, absolutely. Some loose-fit khakis, yeah. relaxed-fit khakis he's always wearing. The white shirt, t-shirt. Shirt tucked in. Tucked in. Uh, but then also I was thinking how, uh, you know, imagine before sort of some of the trademarks of a Keaton performance. Mm-hmm. Like he has... Uh, like the smartest guy in the room vibe, right. always has like a regular guy thing. Uh, but in this role, he taps into something like he's got this uh, sort of masculine aggressiveness about his character, mm-hmm. but it never quite tips over into being a macho asshole. Like it's kind of a good balancing act that yeah. he does because you could imagine some other actor doing it and you just thinking like, this guy's a total like arrogant, right. macho prick. Mm-hmm. But Keaton somehow manages to keep him likable in a way. Yeah. Maybe it's because the physicality is so outlandish. It's like a little <laughs> bit funny or goofy. But it's pretty impressive. It is impressive. And like, especially in the interrogation scene, which you keep talking about, like he seems like he actually respects Jackie Brown. Yeah. He's not, he's not like talking down to her at all yeah. or anything. Because he respects her, he's not going to bullshit her. Right. That's it's right. that kind of attitude. It's like, I don't respect, I respect you enough to not lie to you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you make a good sting work. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I assume. Trust me. <laughs> Actually, the sting was on TV the other night. You ever yeah. see that? Uh, not in a long time. Oh, my God. It, you watch it and just a bunch of guys in, like, funny mustaches <laughs> prancing around. You're like, I don't understand what's happening in this movie. <laughs> that weird ragtime piano. <laughs> Never got into ragtime. Oh, and I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> you had that whole period where you were dressed like a like a 1910 ice cream vendor. Yeah. Was... Kept bringing everything around to Gershwin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not your high point socially. No, 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 no. <laughs> right now, for reference, Luke's wearing a what looks like a vintage... Chicago, oh, it is vintage. Chicago yeah. Blackhawks uh, sweater. And you know it's vintage because the Blackhawks have just won, or it says they're in a the Norris division <laughs> yeah, I don't even in the know NHL. <laughs> does not exist anymore. Yeah. I think they just call it the Northeast division. I believe at, so. At this point in the Campbell Conference. Yeah, I don't know. This is this is an old one. Yeah. Well, uh, but that's more Luke's vibe these yeah, days okay. than, than a ragtime <laughs> pianist. <laughs> old crew neck sweatshirts. Look yeah. Good. Uh, newsboy caps. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But other things about this film, mm-hmm. also just for the listeners out there, they're listening to a high wire act right now because oh, Luke point. and I <laughs> do not have our usual laptop in front of us. Correct. I got some notes I printed out. Luke's got his got a... iPhone, which I guess is basically like a computer. Yeah. But we're playing without a net. That's a good point. And I think we're killing it. I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> This is not podcasting 101. No, 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 no. This is just a couple veterans grinding it out. It's like sometimes you got to be able to win when you don't have your A game. You know? Just grind was, out a W. Well, I was feeling good, though, about coming in without the computer day because out of all the Keaton movies we've 
Yeah, this <laughs> one was actually good. <laughs> it was good, and I've probably seen it the most. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely more than Batman Returns. Yeah, <laughs> other other yeah, <laughs> other things about this film. Uh, pleasant in retrospect, because mm-hmm. I had I don't think I'd seen this since I saw it in the theater. It had been a while. Years ago, yeah, seventeen five, years ago, four or five years for me, probably. Since um, good Robert De Niro role. Yeah, he plays a stupid. <laughs> Uh, accomplice of Samuel Jackson, just ex, kind of like just an ex-con, yeah, like a dummy ex-con, <laughs> really dumb, <laughs> really dumb, with a good mustache. Good, you get to see Robert De Niro take hits off a pipe, <laughs> which is fun. Uh, Have sex with Bridget Fonda. He has sex, very sort of aggressive, uh, brief sex with Bridget Fonda. Um, but I was thinking, was this the last? Is there a De Niro role after this that isn't in some way embarrassing a little bit? <laughs> Good question. Like it's kind of bad. <laughs> yeah. The 2000s were not a high point. Bad, like, 15 years. That's when years. he started going, like, hard into the curmudgeonly old guy yeah. thing. This was 97. 97. Because yeah. I think Analyze That. Was it Analyze This or Analyze That? Which was first? Uh, we'll get there. I mean, even I that. I think that was the year even after. Even that's him playing a character of himself, you know? Um, I think. But well, ninety seven. He was in he, three really good movies: Copland, Jackie Brown, oh, yeah. and Wag the Dog. That's a pretty good ninety seven, right there. Yeah, uh, better was, than my ninety seven. I'll tell you. Oh man, fifteen years old, not <laughs> had a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, then Ronan is ninety eight, and which was fine. Yeah, overrated. analyze this is ninety nine, and then yeah, we're meet the parents. That's where. Bad comedies start. Yeah. Um, so kind of a nice, a nice little moment for De Niro there. Like, yeah, definitely. To see him actually some... like doing some acting where he's kind of like believable as somebody other than a curmudgeonly old man. Yeah, or a curmudgeonly old man or curmudgeonly old mafia guy. Yeah. <laughs> something. No, yeah, he's great. It's uh, just weird. Yeah, it's like kind of an offbeat role. <laughs> yeah. And then. Uh, Bridget Fonda is very good in this too. Yeah, as uh, she plays Ordell Robbie's stoner girlfriend, right? Who perpetually stoned, <laughs> just sort of uh, gives Ordell Robbie sass, yeah, <laughs> and smokes weed and hits on De Niro's character and spends the whole film, I think, in like cut off jean shorts and a bikini top, right? And like a, a lot of toe rings, real like orange tan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's kind of good in it. I think you see, this is, you start to see a lot of, because Tarantino's known for his foot fetish. Oh, know? is he? I didn't oh, know Oh, yeah, big time. So does do you see a lot of feet in his films? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know that scene in Kill Bill where, when she like plucks out a guy's eyeball, Uma Thurman does? Yeah, and then she steps on and it. And then she, oh, that was so Like, gross. if you think back, the next time you're watching a Tarantino movie, Looking lots of wi- lots of women's feet show really? up in there. Yeah, he's huh. like, he'll, he, he'll talk about it. Interesting. He, him and uh, Rex Ryan. Right. <laughs> Very topical. New, new Buffalo Bills <laughs> yeah. coach just, just announced glad yesterday. He's, glad he's staying on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> Get our Phil Rex. Uh, <laughs> so Bridget Fonda is very good in it. Like, does a good job of playing uh, Stone Surfer Girl. <laughs> yeah. But somehow also keeping it so you don't, like, hate her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she gets blown away pretty abruptly yes. by De Niro's character. She's picking at him and He just cannot take his yammer, her yammering. <laughs> and, yeah, mur- spoiler alert, murders her in the in a mall parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Chris Tucker good in this? Yeah, Chris Tucker shows up at the beginning. It's very funny. Just, yeah. like, fast talking. Uh, also meets uh, his What demise. happened to Chris Tucker? Did, did he have... He's he kind of disappeared, like right? Is he broke, yeah. really? Because he was Hollywood's... He's the all-time most money-making actor ever. No. I don't know. 
<laughs> but those rush those rush movies, movies made a shit ton, ton of money. Yeah, <laughs> it's like <laughs> I'm not buying that. <laughs> well, like I said, we don't have it on our computer. Yeah, I mean, Fact checked me. Uh, but he's good. But yeah, there's nobody. There's no kind of weak link in this movie, really. Not at all. I the think only... that's why it's one of my favorite Tarantino movies. Have you seen Out of Sight, by the way? Yes, I haven't seen that. Really? Ever? Not really? yet. Ever? No, I'll see it when we get to it. In Absolutely. The but what great. does what does Ray Nicolette do in that? He is the same. Oh, I'll have to remember. I feel like the last couple times I watched it was when it was like been on TV. Yeah, and I haven't. It's been years since I've watched like without commercials and stuff. He's. It's, Swear it's like the same. But does he do the same stuff? Like, does yeah. it seem like he's the same? Yeah, kind of guy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, that's he just was brought back and did that same thing. I mean, that movie is it's a it's mostly Clooney and probably maybe my one of my favorite Clooney movie too. Yeah, and Jennifer Lopez. It's definitely her best performance. Yeah, <laughs> movie. Well, you know, I know you're a big made Manhattan guy, but uh, let me tell I know. you, Ray finds us charming in that film. Oh. Um, <laughs> Speaking of Clooney, mm-hmm. because the Golden Globes were last night, Keaton winning, clear highlight of the show. Mm-hmm. Second highlight, probably uh, Tina, F- Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, Raz and Cosby. Ooh, yeah. You know what was funny about that, though, is that, <laughs> you know, the next day people, or today people are like, ooh, going out on a limb to make, to like make fun of Bill Cosby. Who are the Bill Cosby defenders in Hollywood at this point? Yes, I, I feel like I yeah, saw a little low bit hanging of that too. fruit. That's low bit. hanging fruit, but I feel like a lot people aren't like do, saying saying anything. They're yeah. not saying anything negative or positive. Yeah. Um, so Keaton Clear highlight. Uh, Tina and Amy very mm-hmm. good as per usual. Uh, Kristen Wiig, Bill Hader had a couple good bits in there. That was yeah. They were like they were probably the funniest. But so George Clooney won the. Some, whatever they call their the lifetime achievement. The Cecil achie- B. DeMille Award. Isn't that the Oscar Lifetime Achievement Award? I thought that's what they... That this is a Golden this. Globes. This yeah. is the Hollywood Foreign Press's... Uh, I thought that's what they... Okay. You could be right. Whatever. I don't yeah. know. I, I think just, I think it was. Oh, yeah, because maybe the Hollywood is the Erwin G. Thalberg Award. Does that sound right? Uh, Edward G. Robinson, maybe? That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. I knew there was a but G he, in yeah, there. Clooney so won. Clooney won it. <laughs> And so they do the thing they always do when somebody gets a Lifetime Achievement Award, mm-hmm. which is they do a montage of their yeah. the films throughout their career. You watch a Clooney montage, <laughs> there's not a ton of classics. No, 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 no. It's like the high points are like Michael Clayton, pretty good movie. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you always see it and you're like, oh, that was pretty good. Right. But it's not like a string of like Godfather. Or, no, no, no. Yeah, he didn't have a he didn't have a De Niro run. Yeah, when it's like <laughs> when when you have to go to Leatherheads <laughs> in your. Classic film montage. Yeah, I feel like he's been in a a lot of movies. It's a (laughs) shallow pool. Yeah, yeah. he's in. Yeah, uh, not great Coen Brothers movie. (laughs) He was in uh, Good Night and Good Luck's pretty good. Syriana's good. Yeah, you're not talking about Hollywood classics. No, not at all. Or like they do when you do a Clint Eastwood career montage. Okay, you're gonna get Unforgiven. You're gonna get Dirty Harry. Mm -hmm. You're gonna get. Kelly's Heroes, okay. Outlaw Josie Wales. What's the one with the What's the one with Once the a, monkey? Any which one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ton of classics. Yeah. But uh, in retrospect, George Clooney. In retrospect, now that we we're talking about like, it, I'm definitely going to say Out of Sight is my favorite Clooney. Movie. Yeah, you know what that award was? That was a We Think You're a Nice Guy award. Yeah, thanks for all your uh, philanthropic work. Yeah, <laughs> or he's like great. he's probably nice to work with on those Oceans films. Right. Plays a mean game of pick up basketball with Gary Shandling, I hear. 
<laughs> got a standing game at their house. I'd love to get an invite to that. Yeah, that'd on. be nice, guys. Um, Ocean's movie, there's something you could just slide Ray Nicolette into. Oh, yeah. That's a, actually a Clooney-Keaton team-up. They would be great. Yeah. I oh, you like just reminded really... me. This was There was more big Keaton news that we're overlooking. Just announced that he joined the cast of, uh, what is it, Return to Skull Island? Yeah, the new, the new Kong. New yeah, King it's a Kong. King Kong prequel. Yeah. They didn't say who he's going to be playing. Probably not. I'm guessing not Kong. <laughs> he's doing, I don't think he's doing the motion capture work. For yeah, Circus has <laughs> yeah, that. Take to, a seat, Circus. Yeah. <laughs> we already discussed how Keaton can do the physical acting thing. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know who he would play in that. He's probably not going to play the hero, I wouldn't think. Cause, oh, because that guy, Other pe- Tom Hiddleston, is that yeah. his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, people- I- and J.K. Simmons is going to be in it, too. Yeah. That's two kind of older dudes. In older that. dudes who had big 2014s. Yeah. Sort of a weird casting decision. Like, all right, these two 63-year-old <laughs> men bring in the box I was on. <laughs> Kong, Return to Skull Island. <laughs> Uh, but I'll see it. It's two guys I want to see in movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Keaton's having, I mean, I guess we had Jackie Brown, and after that, he's not He's not doing so hot. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was such a small role. It's not like right, uh, that's true. this was going to propel him to the top of the A-list. But him signing on for this big budget King Kong movie. It's a sign. This is the biggest, and there was, bi- there was more talk today about a Beetlejuice sequel as well oh, yeah. that I was seeing. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I also heard they're going to make a Beetlejuice musical. Have you heard that? I read feels, that somewhere. I feel like it, that, may, it makes, that makes sense. I could see that happening. I don't, I I don't really want to see that. I'd rather it seems see, like it would be terrible. I'd rather see it? a sequel to yeah. the movie. Yeah. Especially the... Uh, well, I'll, we can talk more about Beetlejuice stuff. What would the Beetlejuice sequel be called? Well... Uh, Beetlejuiced. Well... <laughs> Well, they were supposed to make one like two years after the first one, and oh, really? it was going to be called Beetlejuice Goes to Hawaii. <laughs> and it's, it was, I guess the script was like- It's a good um, idea. The script was amazing. Yeah. Uh, really? But that, yeah, it was supposed to be hilarious. And then it, him and Burton, they couldn't get, like it just didn't huh. work out. I wonder if there's secret like uh, behind the scenes tension between Keaton and Burton. Because Keaton also was originally going to do Batman 3, and right. Burton was supposed to do it. And then Burton, for whatever reason, pulled out, and then Keaton pulled out. We can you can read in more of that. I feel like Burton got he got they cut him. Yeah, because they, they wanted, wanted Schumacher. They wanted it to be more like family friendly, goofy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess the toy sales probably weren't high enough on Batman, you know, Batman Returns. You know, the little fat little Danny DeVito. Yeah, <laughs> I remember getting a uh, Batman Returns. No, uh, what was the third Batman called? Batman, uh, Batman For- Forever. Forever. Because that's the Kilmer. Yeah, I remember at McDonald's they had, uh, like, you get a collectible Batman Forever cup, that yeah. kind of stuff. I had one of those Did it change years. colors? No, it was just a glass. Oh, ooh, cup. like a pint glass. Well, probably not a pint glass, but <laughs> it's a little glass with yeah. a oh, okay. etching of Robin on it. It wasn't, the like, the big plastic well, it wasn't one. a stein. Remember the, remember the Rodman McDonald's cups that changed hair color? Did when, they really? Oh, yeah. Hmm. You might have still lived in Canada when those came out. Yeah, actually, last night they had a Rodman joke because Margaret Cho. Uh, oh yeah, was she played a Korean? Yeesh. She had this recurring character of a like North Korean mm-hmm. emissary or whatever. It was critiquing the Golden Globes and said they didn't have any Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Which, in fairness, I know it was a joke. Mm-hmm. I would have taken some Rodman on that. Absolutely. Also been in what? feature films. Yeah, Double Team with Rob 
Schneider? No, no, it's like Seagal. No, or Van Damme. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but the word... Oh, I hope Schneider's in that. <laughs> I think he is in that. He did, Rob, Dennis Rodman is definitely in a movie with Rob Schneider. Okay. So we don't have a computer, but somebody look that up at home. <laughs> um, I don't know. Do we have anything else to say about Jackie Brown, about Keaton? No, I, I mean, think we're going to we swing just, straight into Oscar season yeah, soon. We just, we're in Oscar season now. Gold, yeah, I feel over. we chose, yeah, Jackie Brown because... He's not in it much, so there isn't a ton to say. Yeah. But it's uh, an important role. Yeah. And we'll get into, we'll do Out of Sight sometime. See, even when Keaton's career was sort of at a low ebb, which it kind of was now, mm-hmm. still had the chops. Absolutely. He never let his chops get rusty. <laughs> no, sir. If that's this, what chops do. Uh, this is actually the only movie he was in in 1997. He oh, was really? uncredited uncredited as the narrator in Inventing the Abbots. Huh. Which is a uh, Jennifer Connelly, Connelly, Phoenix, Billy, Joaquin. Joaquin Phoenix, Billy Crudup. Yeah, yeah, I never saw that. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've seen that <laughs> he plays older Doug, uncredited. Yep, and then then ninety eight, you get your Raymond Ray Nicolette. Yeah, coming back, sort of like a shining star in the midst of a dung heap. Yeah, is how I would put that film in. That stretch of Keaton's career. Uh, oh, with Jack Frost? <laughs> in the same year? <laughs> um, so what should we do next? What Keaton film should we do? Episode 8, Meeting Keaton. Uh, not Out of Sight. No, that's too. That's the obvious <laughs> too choice. Too much Nicolette. Too much We're Nicolette. throwing curveballs. <laughs> um, well, we can uh, hop up back into the earlier in the career, or we can get into the 2000s here. Man, the 2000s are rough. Um, until, like, he's in The Other Guys, which is a funny movie. There's the the Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, he's the, like... He plays Captain Gene Mock. Yeah. Let's go to... Let's check out the 80s ones. Okay. Really nice. Yeah, let's we hop up there. Good to hop back to the 80s. Yep. Uh, 89, you have The Dream Team. Should we Be- do that one? Beetlejuice. Yeah. Do you want it? Yeah. Well, yeah. I say either Dream Team... Or Beetlejuice. Keaton, Christopher Lloyd, Peter Boyle, and Stephen First. Huh. Three of those four guys sound good. Yeah, absolutely. And Lorraine Bracco also Ooh. in there. Saw her once on 57th Street. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, handsome lady. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, what's this? Read Quickly read the, the synopsis. Oh, yeah. This one's funny. I remember, I haven't seen this movie for a long time, but I like semi-remember it. Um, the, those four guys that we just mentioned are mental hospital inpatients who are left unsupervised in New York City during a field trip gone awry. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Is it less than two hours? Jackie Brown was kind of long. That's why I complained about Jackie Brown. It, Jackie Brown is long, it's and good. that plot kind of meanders. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is 113 minutes. Right. Should we do Dream Team? Yeah. All right. I'm into it. So next time, meet Keaton, Dream Team. Yep. And uh, hopefully we'll be, well, I, I know we'll be talking about a Keaton Oscar nomination it's the true, next time we show. true. <laughs> I believe those are announced later this week. All right. Thanks, everybody. This is yeah. David. And Luke. See ya. See you next time on Meet and Keaton. <laughs>